NOAA's role in the recent U.S. Airways crash on the Hudson River. And experts from NOAA, California, Oregon, and Washington State meet up to tackle the growing problem of harmful algal blooms on the West Coast. It's Friday, February 20th. Those stories are coming up today on Making Waves from NOAA's National Ocean Service. On January 15th, U.S. Airways Flight 1549 made an emergency water landing on the Hudson River. That's on the west side of Manhattan. As you probably know, all passengers on board the flight thankfully survived. But what you may not know is that the National Ocean Service and its partners played a big role in the aftermath of the crash. NOS aided passenger rescue, helped to measure the risk of contamination to the environment after the crash, and aided the surveying of the icy water for the wreckage of the plane. The first part of NOAA that aided in the effort was the Integrated Ocean Observing System, and really the credit here needs to go to our regional partners in New Jersey who make up part of this system. More on that in a moment. But first, what's the Integrated Ocean Observing System, you might ask? Well, you can think of it as a system of systems. It's an effort to tie together all of the ocean, coastal water, and Great Lakes data collected by federal agencies and regional associations around the country. By tying together all of this data from all of these partners, the system is a big help in situations when up-to-date information is needed immediately. In this case, the system's network sensors within the New York Harbor Observing Prediction System were critical in reducing the response time to the crash. Because temperatures were below freezing and currents were swift in the river, rescuers had to act fast to bring the passengers to safety. So within minutes after the aircraft went down, Integrated Ocean Observing System partners at the Stevens Institute of Technology in New Jersey delivered a detailed report of near real-time water conditions surrounding the site and a forecast of conditions for the next 48 hours. And they gave that to the first responders. Then the NOS Office of Response and Restoration's Emergency Response Division stepped in to help, and they coordinated with the National Weather Service to provide the Coast Guard with weather forecast and river current information on the lower Hudson River. And this office also prepared an analysis of the potential fate of the fuel on board the aircraft. And in the hours following the crash, the Office of Coast Survey's Navigation Response Team 5 helped to locate the missing engines from the plane. Since the NRT-5 boat was under repair and out of service at the time of the accident, Coast Survey personnel worked on board a police boat to locate objects of interest using side-scan sonar. And that type of sonar is an echo-sounding technology that captures images from the seafloor. NOAA also supplied a portable side-scan sonar that was used on an Army Corps of Engineers survey vessel by Navigation Response Team personnel, and that helped to double the search efforts. This portable side-scan sonar is a dedicated NOAA tool which can be shipped quickly to anywhere in the coastal U.S., this portable side-scan sonar is a dedicated NOAA tool which can be shipped quickly to anywhere in the coastal U.S. to help during emergency marine situations like the U.S. Airways crash in the Hudson River. And finally, NOS and Integrated Ocean Observing System partners also provided around-the-clock on-call assistance to emergency response agencies in order to help with salvage operations. The National Transportation Safety Board and salvage teams use this information to lift the plane out of the water. Now we're going to head over to the other coast to talk about the first ever West Coast Regional Harmful Algal Bloom Summit. Last week, NOAA experts were part of a group of 80 scientists, managers, and industry representatives who gathered in Portland, Oregon for this workshop. The big outcome of the meeting was the endorsement of a new initiative 
to create a regional harmful algal bloom monitoring, alert, and response network and forecasting system. And that system is the vision of the West Coast Governor's Agreement on Ocean Health. And that's a regional collaboration to protect and manage ocean and coastal resources along the entire West Coast. So this system will provide advanced early warning of harmful algal blooms. And that will help to minimize fishery closures, protect the economy of coastal communities, lessen the impacts to marine life, and better protect public health. You probably know harmful algal blooms better as red tides. That's what they're commonly called. The blooms occur when algae grow out of control while producing toxic or harmful effects on people, fish, shellfish, marine mammals, and even birds. Experts who deal with these blooms usually refer to them as harmful algal blooms, or HABs for short. At the summit, attendees looked at the causes of HABs, and they mapped out research and management actions needed to lessen the impacts of this threat. The group also sought to reach consensus on the present state of knowledge on HABs, and they prioritized the information needed by decision makers to lessen the impacts of HAB events on humans and critical marine sources, and on water quality. The meeting builds upon more than 10 years of NOAA support for HAB research and management on the West Coast. So now we know what the meeting was about, now let's take a closer look at why this is such a big deal for West Coast states. Harmful algal blooms have been having a big impact on the California, Oregon, and Washington coastal communities for decades. Blooms close beaches to recreational razor clam harvesting. They make Dungeness crabs too toxic to eat. Close mussel and oyster beds to recreational and commercial harvesting. And they cause the death of marine mammals and pelicans. These problems are widespread and they often extend beyond state boundaries. In 2002 and 2003, Toxic algae caused razor clam and Dungeness crab fishery closures in Washington, and that resulted in 10 to $12 million in lost revenue. And a razor clam fishery closure at Clatsop Beach, Oregon, cost the local communities $4.8 million. And harmful algal blooms have also led to more than 14,000 sick or dead seals, sea lions, sea otters, dolphins, birds, and gray whales along the California shoreline and along other parts of the West Coast, and that's just over the last decade. And it's important to note that these effects have not only resulted in economic losses and loss of marine life, but they've also impacted community recreation and they've impacted a traditional way of living for native coastal cultures along the West Coast. So you can see why this is so important. And it's also important to note that this problem isn't just on the West Coast. Last year, the Department of Commerce declared a commercial fishery failure in New England because of harmful algal blooms and HABs have been reported in almost every coastal state in the nation. Well, that's all for today. If you have questions about this week's podcast, about the National Ocean Service, or about our ocean, send us an email. We're at nos.info at noaa.gov. And if you're looking for some further information about the stories we've talked about today or some links to more resources, head over to our website at oceanservice.noaa.gov. Now, here comes the ocean. This is Making Waves from NOAA's National Ocean Service. See you next week.